0: Hey, what's up entrepreneurs, small business owners, and side hustlers everywhere. Have you ever wondered what fuels so many successful entrepreneurs? Well, I can tell you from personal experience and having served thousands of entrepreneurs that funding is at the top of the list. No, I'm not talking about venture capital, which funds less than 2% of businesses. I'm actually talking about a business funding marketplace with options that have served thousands of clients for hundreds of millions of dollars with rates as low as zero percent interest up to 18 months. Go to sevenfiguresfunding.com. That's the digit seven and then figuresfunding.com and tell my funding team you came from the podcast to receive your free gift, the business funding formula and credit college for free. Guys, no one taught us about finance and credit in college or high school and that's what we're on a mission to do. Sevenfiguresfunding.com what's going on everybody small business owners entrepreneurs and side hustlers everywhere we've got an amazing guest with today's seven figures club podcast and today's guest boys and girls is going to bring a lot of value in terms of client attraction secrets and that is one of the things we all struggle with we want to be able to attract more of our dream clients and natasha is actually an expert at that she's got an amazing story that we're going to dig into very quickly but natasha is a woman on a mission to help creatives, consultants, and coaches rapidly grow their businesses to multiple six and seven figures without grinding longer, working harder, doing all the things that they you know think they have to do instead of doing things they need to do. She helps entrepreneurs tap into playfulness in how they position package and market so they can create massive visibility, consistent sales, and have a whole lot more fun. Oh, this sounds good. More fun is, is good. It's when you're winning, you're having fun, right? After helping grow a startup company to a billion-dollar valuation, a unicorn, if you will, she grew her business to six figures in the first year while working 20 hours a week. And she's now helped dozens of entrepreneurs to attract amazing clients and make more money in their business. That's what we're calling this episode, Client Attraction Secrets with Natasha Ho. Natasha, welcome to the show. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S., and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Leo. It's great to be here.
0: So Natasha, we'd love to find out a little bit more about your background and what sort of led you to take that big uh, jump into entrepreneurship. Were there maybe some key events as you were growing up being raised? I think there were, but uh, tell us just about some of the key events that kind of led you to where you're at now as an entrepreneur is serving other business owners with the uh, marketing lead gen and what we call client attraction secrets.
1: Yes, so I maybe like a lot of other people grew up in a family where everyone talked about education as the key to success. Yeah. Go to school, get a good job. Yeah. That's the ticket. And so I followed that blueprint. I did great in school. I went to the prestigious university. I got the great job at the big company, and I was doing wow. that. But I wasn't really feeling fulfilled. Or I remember one day I looked at my boss and I was like, I don't want my boss's job. It's like, what do I do? Where do I go from here? Because I don't actually want to do what they do. And so I um, was working in marketing my my entire career. I was working in marketing. Uh, PR, public relations. And then the pandemic. Nice. And when the pandemic came along, I actually lost the Ooh. job that I had um, at that company. What? And, yeah. <laughs> well, the company I was working for, they experienced a 90% drop in demand for their services. So they let oh, half goodness. the workforce go. And I was like, okay, wow. so what do I do now? I had a nine month old baby. We had a mortgage. We had a hospital bills. <sighs> We had, um, my husband was also an entrepreneur and his business had to shut down (laughs) during the pandemic. So like, what do we do? And I don't know why, we did a crazy little thing where we said, how about I start a business? (laughs) So um, I decided I was going to figure out a way for me to monetize my skills. And the skill I decided to monetize first was um, I love to cook. I was cooking all through the pandemic like everyone was. I was posting pictures and telling stories about what I was cooking at home because I went to culinary school when I was living in New York City as like a nighttime thing. While I worked in a big PR agency during the day, I went to culinary school at night. And then after I traveled the world and I'd studied food from all sorts of cultures. So I started teaching people virtual online cooking lessons. So that's the first business that I launched during the pandemic was teaching virtual cooking lessons. And that took off. That was the first business that I grew. And when it started to to become this huge like success, people are like, how did you do that? What were you doing? And that's when I realized that my background in, in marketing and visibility and messaging and all of these things was a huge asset that I didn't even realize was an asset to growing a business. And so I started helping other entrepreneurs with their messaging, their positioning, the marketing piece of it. And then that took off. So that's really what took me into using that skill. But I didn't grow up with entrepreneurship being something that I even thought about honestly like i always thought i was going to be in the corporate world and that was the way to go but it was a combination of the pandemic uh becoming a mom at the same time because i knew that oh. i didn't want to i was commuting 3 hours a day to go to work
0: <laughs> so oh, wow.
1: i didn't want to do that and i was very fortunate that my husband being an entrepreneur as well was willing to support me in taking this foray into into entrepreneurship. and um, and I'm super, I'm super happy that I did because it's it's created so many amazing opportunities since then. and now I get to support other entrepreneurs and sharing their dream and being able to also talk about what they do really powerfully so they can help more people.
0: That is amazing. What a great story, Natasha. And I think a lot of us kind of, you know, there there are kind of two groups, I think sometimes. There's, there's that group that was always destined to be an entrepreneur. They were, you know, maybe uh, had the lemonade stand. They were going door to door, selling something or doing something entrepreneurial at a young age. And then there's kind of another group that, you know, was going down the traditional path, working really hard, getting good grades at school, going to college, doing all the things your parents taught you to do. And at some point realized, is this all there is to it? Am I going to really do this the next thirty years? Is this really going to create wealth and independence and the life on my terms that I want to have? And it sounds like uh, similar to my story, your story, very similar. You kind of went that traditional route, and at some point realized, wait, maybe that you know really great job isn't as secure as I thought it. Maybe you know the the, the corporate ladder isn't actually the life I want. Maybe that three hour commute you know obviously sucks and there's a better way to do this and have the life and I want and still you know not only the life but also the money the wealth the independence and so that is I think a realization that some of us have amazing story thank you for sharing that so your expertise is in marketing messaging positioning let's dive into message if we could you know entrepreneurs are building something whether it's a product or a service they're trying to take it to the next step. That's what a lot of our listeners are doing. And a lot of the walls that they run into in terms of obstacles to growth is generating more of their clients that they want to work with. And a lot of that does come back to, hey, maybe they're really good at getting the client the result or the product or the service that they they offer, but there's something in their messaging that's not clear. And so unpack, if you would, what are some of the keys – to creating the right messaging and some of the things that you do to get cl- get these businesses on track in terms of having the right coherent message that is going to, you know, move clients for and like you said attract clients.
1: Yes. So there's a few things. Uh the first thing is for you to really be clear on the one story or the one message that you're trying to convey. One of the problems that a lot of people have is that they try to convey way too many messages in their messaging. So the first thing is you really want to just have a singular message that you're trying to convey through your business. So if that is that you are, I have one of my, my clients, she is a dog trainer. So the only message that she wants to convey to people is that when they work with her, their dogs are happier and their lives are easier. So happy dog, easy life. That is the only message that she's trying to convey. So in everything we do, every touch point, not just your social media content or your emails, it's your website. It's the face-to-face communication. It's any kind of any touch point that people have with you. They should get that message. That's the one brand message that you're communicating in every single arena where you're interacting with people. So understanding what that one message is, is really the, the first thing that people have to distill all of their messaging around into one thing. Because if you have too many messages, what actually happens is that now when a person interacts with your brand, they get confused. They're like, is it this or is it that? And when we start having to do more of this mental calculation, people tap out. Because our brains are designed to look for the easiest way for us to to cognitively understand something. and It's like, oh, this is too hard. Okay, just just move on. And so if you don't want people to leave, you need to make it really simple because confused minds don't buy. So Mm. always simplicity is the number one thing when it comes to your messaging, first and foremost. The next thing is you also want to package your messaging into a way that people want to consume it. And so that is typically through telling a story. And telling a story doesn't necessarily have to mean you're like telling like a once upon a time and all of that. That's not that's not what I mean. But not what that I, kind of story. Not that kind of story. But what I am saying is um, that we want to have a really clear idea of like where people starting, the point A, and then how do they get to point B. And so you're telling a story about that journey where they're starting your whoever your ideal client is being able to tell a story about where they are and then the journey that they would go on with you in order to get to where they want to go that's the story that you're telling and that's the story you're telling everywhere across all the platforms it's the really key thing to understand is messaging isn't just like in your marketing it's your entire business it's a it's all the messages that you're sending when you interact with people and the final thing oh go uh, ahead
0: I just just, uh, with story, is it, does it matter if the story is kind of about you as the founder, your story of how you developed the product service and how it changed your business, helped you, or is it more important that it's actually a story about one of your clients, almost kind of a case study uh, of that journey that really exemplifies it? And is that more powerful versus a story about you as the, as the founder?
1: It's a perfect question. That was the last thing I was going to cover. So.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: Perfect. So the story that we're telling is always going to be from our potential client's perspective. Now yes. that's not to say that you don't tell stories about yourself, but you tell stories about yourself in order for them to see themselves reflected in you. You're, yeah. So you're not, you're telling that story with just the purpose of like, look at me. It's like, look at me to see what's possible for you. So, um, when we craft your overall messaging, when someone works with me to craft their messaging, we tell a hero story, but a hero story mm-hmm. is not with you as the hero. It's so, actually your potential clients, the hero. Yes. And we tell the perspective of where they start, the desire that they have, the problems that they're facing along the way to achieving their desired result all those obstacles, what's possible if they were to have success on this journey and what's at risk if they don't have success on this journey. And then we introduce you, the guide, as you, if many of you are probably familiar with the hero's journey from movies, uh, if you think of Harry Potter or you think oh, yeah. of Star Wars. So there's always going to be the hero, which is like your Harry Potter, and then you have the guide, which is your Dumbledore. And so you are the Dumbledore in this story who comes in and says, as here's the way to achieve success. This is how you vanquish the villain and this is how you save the day. And so that is your role. You introduce the way that somebody can vanquish the villain and achieve success. And at the end, you talk about the successes that are achieved at the end of that. That's the results they can get. That's the results your other clients have gotten, the results you've gotten for yourself. So that's the story that we're telling. But it's always from the perspective of you as the client This is the journey you're going to go on from point a where you're starting to point b where you desire to be
0: Mm. hey what's up guys pardon the interruption but quick question have you ever wondered if you could start your own pandemic proof inflation proof and recession proof business well i'm here to tell you over the last decade that there is an industry out there. There is a profession. It's the business funding space. And that's why I created FundingCEOAcademy.com to show you how you can join our team and work together in a business and industry that's allowed me to create my dream life where I can travel, co-boating during the week with my wife and five kids and work in a business that really matters. There's nothing more valuable than being able to get an entrepreneur money who can then create jobs and products and services to make everyone's lives better and also make you a great living in the process. So I've created a free book. It's The Seven Keys to Building a Recession-Proof Funding Empire. You can find it at fundingceoacademy.com. Again, that's fundingceoacademy.com and download The Seven Keys to Building a Recession-Proof Business Funding Empire right now and take some action beautifully put together so managing a very clear message it uh it all works together and there's a story and there's a story where the client can see themselves in you know working with you with your product service and and where they're at now and seeing that beautiful result that they want to get to at the end so where are the different places you want these stories these messages you know obviously there's the website where else should you be, you know, putting this uh, message out and 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 how, how do you do it differently if it's on a website versus another platform?
1: Yes. So any touch point that you have with people, your message should be clear. So this is, this means all of the kind of touchstone places that we're thinking of, like maybe emails or your website, et cetera. Sure. Yes. But also if you have a team, does your team understand the story? Because they are also Mm -hmm. ambassadors for your business. And so they need to understand the message. So if you have somebody on your team or you have somebody that you're working with that's a representative of your business, they also have to be understanding this because they are going to be conveying the message of your business. Um, So that is like when, if you're speaking on a stage, if you are on a podcast, if you are showing up anywhere where people are interacting, this is also like a collateral. So if you have brochures, if you have um, like um, actual printed materials that you produce, your message should be showing up there. Every single touch point, the way that it would differ is One, the core message should always be the takeaway that people have. So that's the one thing that will never change across all of them. So if your core message is going back to my client, happy dog, easy life, then that should be what people get everywhere. So for instance, that means the photos you pick. Does your photo convey this idea of a happy dog and an easy life? It should look like maybe a dog that's in good spirits and somebody who's walking their dog with ease. We don't want to see a picture where somebody is struggling with a dog that's jumping all over the place because that's what they're experiencing now. They want a happy dog that's walking very gently on a leash or they're sitting on the couch and they're relaxing with their dog and the dog isn't tearing up their house because that's what they have right now. So we want that idea to come across in every single experience. So it could just be a picture, but the picture still conveys this primary message of, Happy dog, easy life. Um, so that's that's how it might show up differently, but it always comes back to that core message um, that you want people to walk away from your overall brand with. And then, depending on how much real estate you have, you can tell. Uh, different amounts of that story. So sometimes that story it might just be a quick story of like, hey, you're experiencing X, y and Z challenge. and what you really want is this if you are um, if you'd like to get here without this, check me out. That could be the the whole entire story. So it's like get X without X, check me out. That could be the whole story. Or if you have a stage and you're able to talk for an hour, you could tell that story and fill up an entire hour telling all the different components of the story that we talked about earlier.
0: And how important is it to have some sort of tagline or like, for example, you just gave this great example of the the dog care person who, you know, happy dog, happy life. It's easier, it's better, but it's kind of a short tagline. Do you recommend having taglines like that by the logo with your website or in the, you know, your, your email signature? What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think that that is helpful, but I would never like spend so much energy on it that it slows you down from other activities. I think that's one of the yes. things that can be a sneaky thing where people will be like oh I'm going to spend a bunch of time on this logo or this tagline and it's like okay if you are at a point in your business where you have the bandwidth that you can spend the energy there and you really truly are building a brand at that point, spend the energy there. But for me, I in my business personally, uh when I first started, I focused completely on Making sure that I did the market research, that my offer was something that the market truly desired, that it was selling, and that I had cash flow. If you don't have cash flow, don't spend a bunch of time and energy with taglines, because taglines are not going to make you money. They're going to help you build a brand and build rapport and build a reputation, which are great things to have. Those are assets, absolutely, but they're not going to bring you immediate cash flow. So if cash flow is what you need, don't spend energy on that. But if you're at a point where you have cash flow and now you're trying to mature your brand, then definitely spend some time creating a great tagline. But a message doesn't necessarily have to be a tagline. You do need a message, but you don't necessarily need a tagline.
0: Exactly. So let let's say you, you know, someone's listening here, they they have a product or service, they're able to get a good result, but they're trying to figure out exactly. You know what that message should be, and you just talked about kind of a, kind of a framework, if you will, to put that message together, create that product or service, and make sure you have cash flow in your business, and focusing on kind of those core factors to grow. And so, as you're doing that, you talked about doing some research. What does that research look like, and and how how should you be doing the research in such a way that your message? Is speaking the client or, or your customer's pain points, their problems, the result that they're looking for? Like, how, what does that process look like? Because yeah, so- you've done it and now you're doing yes. it for all these clients. So what is that framework?
1: Yes. So, well, first, it's called the sellout messaging framework. That's what I do okay. with people. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, but no, I'll, I'll go more into what it actually looks like. So what it really is, is one, it starts with clarity around who your people are. So what a lot of people will do when they're starting a business is they start with what and they create an offer, but they the who is an afterthought. And so I always start with the who first because the who will make sure that your messaging is aligned. It'll also make sure that your offer is aligned with the kind of person that you want to ultimately buy it. So 1st your Your avatar, your ideal client, your target audience, whatever you want to call it, that has to be completely locked in. And you need to spend some sincere time really getting intimate with who that person is, because this is going to guide everything about your business. It's going to guide guide what kind of offers you have, it's going to guide what kinds of marketing tactics and strategies you use, it's going to um, guide your sales process. All of those things are guided by who it is that you're serving. So that's the first step in having amazing messaging is really understanding who you're talking to. Because then you can reach into that audience and start to talk to them and use the exact things that they're saying in your messages. So whenever I have sales calls with people, I'm taking notes on those sales calls and I'm like, oh, that was a really great thing. I'm going to write a whole post about that. Or that was a really great way that they said that. That's exactly how I should message around this problem that they're having. So When you're having these conversations, like doing research, it can simply be having um, market research phone calls with people and understanding what is going on. So I have a client right now who is a wedding planner. And so she wants to introduce a course into her business. So she's been doing one-on-one planning, but she wants to move into doing a course. So I had her out there doing the market research to understand what kind of bride bridegroom uh, couple um, is the right um, target for her. And so when she first was thinking about it, she's like, oh, well, I think it's more of this DIY kind of couple or somebody who has a, a budget, like a lower budget um. Bride and, or couple. I keep saying bride and groom, couple. Um, so it's not really the bride that, that always makes these decisions. Sometimes it's somebody else. But so this lower budget couple. And so she started doing the research. And when she talked to these people who had lower budgets, maybe they were going to spend like $10,000. They were like, yeah, I don't think I would spend my small budget, like a big chunk of my small budget on a course, because I don't have that much money to spend in the first place. So she was trying to sell a course that might cost $1,500 or $2,000. That'd be a huge chunk of their budget. And so we realized is that her target market actually needed to be somebody who had a lot a much larger budget somebody who's going to spend $30,000 or so on their wedding in order for them to be willing to part with a significant chunk so her target audience isn't somebody who's deciding between no wedding planner and a wedding planner it's uh or excuse me uh there's not somebody who's deciding between yeah wedding planner or a planner this is somebody who's deciding between yes i could have a wedding planner or i could do a course so this is somebody who would already be considering having a wedding planner because they have enough money in their budget to do that but they're like "Mm, maybe i don't actually want to hire the wedding planner but i still do want some support so i'll buy the course versus this other audience they're not even thinking about a wedding planner because they're like i know i can't afford that and so they wouldn't even go to a course so that's what i mean when you're doing this market research she had conversations and calls with the people in her target market. And she actually could hear what problems they were having, whether or not they would be interested in the offer she had. And then we're crafting the messaging based on that because we're actually talking to the people that
0: are in the market. Hey guys, a lot of value bombs, Natasha, just dropped there. Instead of just creating that product service and just building it and expecting that people are going to show up and buy it, you're doing the research, you're speaking with your potential client, your dream client that you want to work with. And you're finding out what their pain points are and finding out, well, is there a market for the product that you're creating? If there's not, then you're going to pivot and you're going to create a slightly different product that solves the problem. Is it the right right price point? And I like to go even so far as as to give uh, my avatar a name. So my perfect avatar is Bob. Bob's 35 years old. He has two kids. And uh, he hates his job and he's looking to start his own business and he needs financing to do it. He's got 20 grand in maxed out credit cards. And so I know immediately when Bob comes in the door, we're going to help him with a loan, pay some cards down, raise his credit score, get him access to fifty dollars to $100,000 in financing for his business. And that's just kind of an example of how that can work. But she really laid out that framework of doing the research, making the phone calls, making sure the price point is going to be you know, the right price point for who you want to work with and then redefining. Well, actually, I want, I'm want i going to be working with someone who isn't just DIY, but hey, they've got a bigger budget and this is who I'm going to be going after. And then now the next question, you know, after that, uh, Natasha is, OK, we've defined our avatar, we've defined the message, the product, the result. Now, how do we go out and find that that dream client?
1: Yes. So actually finding that client, typically what I, the the method I use with people is it's called focus, aim and follow. So the first thing is focus, making sure that you really understand the primary target. So we don't want a big, broad um, market that we're going after. We want a really narrow, niche-down target audience, which we just talked about. And we want aim. We want to aim with the right message. So now we have the right message. And finally is follow. So we're going to actually follow our target audience to where they are. The mistake a lot of people make is that they think, okay, now I have this thing. I want people to come to me. That takes a long time. That is like building up your audience and trying to get everyone to come to you. The easier way to do this is to follow the market. Go to them. Because the people that need what you have, if you have an offer that truly is channeling demand, they're already somewhere. So the key thing is to first ensure like, are you trying to create demand or are you you channeling demand? Which is what we just talked about. If you're trying to create demand, it's going to be very, very hard to find your people. But if you're just channeling demand that already exists, then you're just meeting that demand and you can go find your people where they're already congregating. So if for instance, your people are um, couples that are getting married, it's very easy for you to go Find places where couples that are getting married are already congregating. They're already going to all of these workshops and conventions. They're already signing up for mailing lists. So you can be able to reach out to the people that have these mailing lists or they're following certain influencers and you can be able to do work with an influencer or they're joining a Facebook group and you can go into that Facebook group and be able to get in front of them. But that's just a matter of following where these people already are. Same thing with dog owners. There's tons of places where dog owners are congregating. So you can just go to the places where they're already congregating. Same thing for your your person as um, somebody who's an aspiring entrepreneur. There are tons of places where aspiring entrepreneurs entrepreneurs are congregating. For me and my business, you have an audience, you've congregated these people together who are listening to you. So I can come to you and say, Leo, I'd love to talk to your audience because your audience aligns with my audience that I'm trying to talk to. And you've already congregated all these people together. Can we collaborate? So it's just a matter now of following where your audience is and bringing and giving value to those people so that they would be willing to do business with you
0: absolutely well well said a lot of value that natasha is dropping down in a framework of you know connecting and and it's as simple as asking where does my dream client at you know where are they hanging out what facebook group are they in what events are they going to and then i like what she said you know who are they already working with and that's a really valuable way of doing it cuz if you can find strategic partnerships where you can work together refer business back and forth have some sort of affiliate program that's going to really you know, channel in that client who uh, you know, already has what you want, and they're just looking to find the right spot to find it. So Natasha, a lot of people at this point are saying, wow, I'd like to go further into you know, taking this framework that you've already built out that is so successful and is simple to create the right messaging to attract your dream client and it's, it's it's not by chance that you've been successful, that your clients have been successful. And so the quickest way to success isn't for someone to try and go figure out how to do it themselves. It's to find someone who already knows how to do it like you and work directly with you. So what's the next steps that someone could take, everyone listening, where they could work with you, learn more about this process, and put it to work and implement it in their own business?
1: Yeah, so the best place to come and learn more about me and potentially uh, see if it's a fit for us to work together is I have a free Facebook community that you can come over and check out. It is the High Ticket Marketing Group. So it's facebook.com forward slash groups. Forward slash six figure marketing. So if you look for the uh, that group, it's all about high ticket marketing, being able to um, pull in clients for your premium offer, and really make attracting clients with ease and consistency something that comes naturally to you in your business. We're not all natural born marketers, but I can I can definitely teach you how to be successful in marketing. So you can come check us out there. Um, I'm also at, on all the social media platforms. At the all in woman. So if you want to. Ooh, great, me, great uh, title. The all in woman. <laughs> yeah, like you can that. check me out there.
0: Okay, the all in woman. And then uh, tell us the name of the Facebook group one more time.
1: Yes. So we it can is search called,
0: that
1: up. It's called High Ticket Marketing for Creatives, Coaches, and Consultants. That's the full name.
0: High Ticket Marketing, guys. High Ticket Marketing. And then the uh the end uh, uh frame on that, it was uh after groups forward slash, it was six was figure six marketing. Figure, mm-hmm. Six figure marketing. You'll see that on the web domain there at the end of the Facebook tag. Well, perfect, guys. Again, as always, this is not a passive podcast. This is an action-taking podcast where you take the actions to create your dream business on your terms. And I can tell you, you know, I I watch the comments, the reviews, and, and the questions that come in. And a lot of you have been asking, how can I generate more quality leads? And this is how you do it because you have a very clear co- coherent message. You've defined the avatar, the customer client you wanna work with. You find out where they're at. And again, you work within a framework that is already successful, a roadmap for success. And these Facebook, the Facebook group that she's created, there's so much you can learn because it's not only her genius, but all of the other you know, folks who are in there growing their own business, different levels and everybody uses this mastermind group to learn and work together. So a great place for you to be able to do that, take action and check out that group. And of course, we're going to have that uh, link in the notes here, whether you're uh, watching this uh, you know, on any uh, social media platform or listening to it on the podcast platforms, make sure you're taking action and implementing this in your business. That's why we bring experts like Natasha in to give you the skill set, and the framework you need that's already proven to be successful to take your business to the next level. Natasha, the final word is yours. Tell us one thing that the audience can do other than go into the Facebook group, because they're all going to do that. But what else can they do today to take a step closer to having the right client attraction process put together?
1: The most important thing is conversations, have more conversations, get into a conversation with the people that you want to serve because money and success all comes through relationships. So get into the conversations with people, build relationships with the people that you want to serve, and that will help you grow your business faster than anything else in the world.
0: So beautiful conversations, asking the right questions. You ask the right questions and the quality of your life will improve. Natasha, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. Thank you. Hey entrepreneurs, business owners, side hustlers, quick question for you. Have you ever gotten so tired and fatigued of having to log into 30 different websites just to manage your bank accounts, credit cards, loans, real estate, and investments? I know after the last decade, I've gotten really tired of it. And for years, clients have asked me, hey, how am I gonna manage all these different accounts as a business owner? Well, we finally decided to solve this problem for you once and for all at myfigures.com that's myfigures.com. you can get instant access to your own money manager app with the premier number one entrepreneur small business owner money manager app again you can manage all of your financial accounts in one place your bank accounts investments real estate credit cards loans business and personal all in one place for just 997 a month we've got a rock bottom special going on for the next few days you can get the money manager at myfigures.com it's also less than a hundred dollars a year to get your money right so go to myfigures.com and finally get your money right are you looking for more seven figure secrets content or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.